0: Lord, I pray that you would do a work in each of us today. A work beyond any comprehension that we can have. Lord, I pray we are ready to lay down our lives for you. In an environment of love and trust, we can lay down our lives and say, I know that he is good. I know that he is good. I know that you are good. And as we go through this day-to-day kind of relationship with with God, through the Holy Spirit, we start to, we, we, we get greater confidence every day. You are good. We can see you. I can have this conversation backwards and forwards and I know that you are good. And then with David in Psalm 84, we can say this kind of thing. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. How lovely it is to dwell with you. My soul yearns at even Faints for the courts of the Lord. My, fle- my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Lord, we cry out for you. We can't live without you while we try. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Lord, I pray over every single person in this place and online right now that they are posturing themselves getting ready putting themselves in the place that they uh, can enter into this place of worship and praise every day of their lives that they are in communion with you that they are seeing your face and understanding your heart and walking with you and living a life that is different from what the world expects of any christian but that it is a full empowered infilled life by the spirit lord we, we we're sorry and we, we lay down things in our lives, whether it be sin and, and, and pain and, and, and assumptions we've made about you. We lay them down. Because we want to enter you into your presence in a way that we can be so close to you. Well, I just thank you that, Lord, you know you're the best pastor. You're the best leader. You're the healer, the best healer spirit knows just how to touch us in the right way but the lord that that your love draws us in and it brings us to repentance so lord i just thank you so much that you're here right now lord i pray you will speak you will do your work you're so good so good so good in jesus name we pray amen amen you may take a seat Praise God. We've been encouraging you over recent weeks to whatever speaks the loudest to you in these times. Whatever is a recurring thought when Scripture scripture is read or a nudge at the heart or a thought coming to the mind, and it's continual. You need to write these things down because it's going to lead you to what God is trying to deal with the most in you. It's okay. Take your phones out. Take your notes. It's important that we are trying to track what God is doing in and around us. It is so good to be in the presence of the Lord, but, you know, sometimes we just treat it as a one-time experience And then what happens? We forget. We forget that he's good because we put something else on the throne of our lives and we walk back into our own kind of uh, self-absorbed life. We We want to hear him. We want to be in this ongoing conversation, this prayerful conversation as today is titled. And just be in that place. You know, when I designed this series some months ago, I had an intent kind of to unpack communication with God through the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we would probably look a little bit at solitude, a little bit of prayer, all that kind of stuff, all of the normal things that we talk about when we're going into a place of prayerful conversation. You know, conversation two-way, I'm going to talk to you, you're going to talk back to me, and we're going to have a good relationship. There's highs, there's lows, there's ebbs and flows. But it's only now after we as a church have been through what we've been through in recent weeks and really being so impacted, so many of us, and the stories this week have just been mind blowing. It's only now that I understand that the difference about what we're supposed to be talking about today. This prayerful conversation. I think what is set in our hearts is that the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's not a force. He's not an emotional experience. He is somebody that wants to have ongoing ministry in our lives, and ongoing conversation. And that interaction is going to be beautiful. And it's with a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. I would hate to think that something like last week was just a great experience. You know, If you weren't there, we had a Saturday night, what we call Pentecost pause, and an amazing night of worship and prayer. Um, you can see it online, but really it doesn't do it justice to being in the room and how we, we, we saw one another and we worshipped together and we lifted up the name of God and we prayed. It doesn't do it justice, but you can see it. But I would hate to think the last week was the height of this experience of the revelation of the love of God, the prompting us to step out in faith for some and then then it just kind of peters off after this. Just kind of reduces as Pastor Chi was kind of talking about before. That, you know, so much so that next time we need to chase this new experience to get us charged up again. You know, don't Don't get me wrong, I am all for these great experiences of the Holy Spirit in a corporate setting like this or or even in a smaller setting. But I am more for the ongoing self-sustaining interaction with the Holy Spirit that brings about the power, insight and self-sustaining interaction with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Developing a love relationship on a daily basis. It's so much more important than just the one-time experience. Now, saying that the big experience, whether it is with others or it's uh, you know on your bed at home alone, um, they're often helpful because what happens it is enables us to get over ourselves and make a big step forward. And we had last last week we had people that. Uh, got such a sense of the love of God that they were able to make significant life decisions this week because they, they had such a sense of the love of God who ministered deep to their soul in the very deepest parts that it enabled them to take the truth of the scripture, that what they knew in their heads, they knew it in their head and they could take it. And in that place of love, in that environment of love that ministered to their core, they could take out a step in faith saying, I know. I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I can trust God fully. 100%. I can trust Him. And trust builds in this environment of love. And we know the verse, you know, perfect love drives out fear. As hard as it may be to endure suffering and to walk a godly way, we know when we are ministered to by the Holy Spirit at that kind of level, He will not disappoint and we can trust Him. We can trust Him. Can we trust Him? We can trust Him. Now, last week we learned that the infilling of the Holy Spirit is, is not a one-time event, but it's continuous and it's ongoing. And we talked about three daily habits in our, approach, in our approach to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And you can go back and watch last week's Sunday service and a, and a lot of people have really found this helpful this week, just the three daily habits First one is daily habit number one ask the Father to fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit daily. Amen. This helps in our approach to Him. Number two, every day we need to make the decision to walk in obedience to God. Amen. Sounds easy, not so easy. We need the Holy Spirit's enablement to do so. But every day we need to make that decision. Daily habit number three, ask the Holy Spirit and say, pray a prayer, something like this. Today I ask that you will prompt me to share the love of God with, whether by word or deed. I pray that I will represent you in all grace and power so that others may see you in me. So simple, but it's just reflecting and just embedding these daily habits. I want to walk with the Holy Spirit today, and I'm going to take steps today, every day. Now today's message could have gone anywhere, and it still may. But I just want to say today that I won't be focusing, as I said, on the traditional topics you might hear in a in a message on the prayerful conversation with God. Because you know we've addressed so many of these topics over the years, and uh, with the help of the internet and YouTube, we've got a great store of uh, Pastor Chi with his headphones on, hearing the voice of God. We did a whole series on this back to three years ago uh, and talking with Jesus which is addresses everything to do with solitude prayer and daily uh, devotion with Jesus so go back and have a look at these kind of things uh, when you can but today I, I really don't want to define how God speaks and when he speaks to you because we're all different I think that that is what is, is a truth that's really embedded in my heart over this period of time, that we are all different. There is no one size fits all. Some of us are thinkers, some of us are, are feelers. some are super super rational, uh, and some are creative. Uh, each one of us here today, are the, each one of us is so different here. But we have a God that is kind, and we have a God that is omnipotent, He's everywhere and he's in everything. So he can come and he can go as he desires and he needs to. And he can meet you in just the way that you need to be met. More than able. I really want to stress that. And this is the reason why today, in a message about the prayerful conversation with the Holy Spirit, I will not be too prescriptive. Instead, I will indicate some directions, some focuses, or rather, I think it's foci. I believe is the correct way to say it, uh, that we will all have when we facilitate a meeting, a conversation, a communion with the Holy Spirit. Feasting around a table with the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? Sitting there with a, around a table, a feast, getting to know them, conversation, understanding them, of course, always putting them in their highest place where they need to be. But that kind of conversation is what we aim for in a daily setting. So I've got focus number one. Focus number one. Focus on getting into the room to meet with God and staying there. Focus on getting into the room to meet with God and staying there. If you are if you are anything like me, it's not all that easy to find yourself in this place of open conversation with God. Uh, there's so many variables involved. So, some habits need to be created around the way uh, that you are made to be able to find yourself in a place to listen. It's really important. For me, it's walking, it's worship music, singing at the top of my lungs while driving, it's uh, coffee in the morning in the cafe. Uh, with my bible it's as simple as turning off notifications on my computer and, and my phone and avoiding socials as much as possible just reducing the noise that's for me but we've got to seek out times and spaces of this kind of worship and this kind of interaction with the holy spirit in the church and beyond And quite simply, at the risk of stating the obvious, if you want to foster this prayerful conversation with the Spirit, you have to make time. 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 I know it's obvious, but we must make time because it takes time. To hear God. Proverbs 25, verse 2, it says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is a glory is the glory of kings it takes time to search out what he is saying there are times when god speaks quickly but more often than not he speaks things that are so deep and so profound and so beyond our ability to comprehend that he has to speak them to our spirit man deep within where he makes a deposit one deposit at a time one little bit at a time One truth at a time. This may take days, it may take weeks, it may take months, it may take years to search it out and understand it. But we need time and space and interaction and conversation with the Holy Spirit to be able to understand this. Don't be too quick to work out what he is saying. Don't be too quick to come to those conclusions. Bang, we know what it is. I know which way to step. And don't give up. This is why journaling is so helpful. Journaling is so helpful. Let him reveal himself to you one bit at a time. And at the right time, when you have perhaps the maturity, or it's just the right time, or the ability to cope with that truth, it will all make sense. Spend that time. You know, as Pastor Kyle preached recently, he uh, he said, uh, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. He's patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. It takes time to come to terms with how he is guiding you. And to come to repentance you know that 180 degree turn away from sin towards him he knows you and it's often it's just this personal ministry that he does when we're in that space we may not always have the clear pointing this is where he wants you to go this is what he wants you to do but it's that personal ministry where he is just walking with you and you and him are in the room Just to get you to a place where you can discard your self-reliance and trust him. Discard your self-reliance and trust him. But know this, as mere humans, subjects in his domain, we should be overwhelmed and overjoyed with the very fact that he wants to speak to us. I mean, what king wants to speak to his people? beautiful matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says jesus answered it is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god every word now in this passage the devil is is tempting jesus in the desert to to control his own domain you know come on make bread for yourself feed yourself your belly your belly is groaning for the food take your life into your own hands obviously jesus had the power to do it And Jesus said, quoting scripture from Deuteronomy uh, Deuteronomy 8.3, he he says back to the devil, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Church today, we are alive because he speaks. We are alive spiritually because he speaks. We may physically live on bread, but spiritually we are only alive because he speaks. Make it your aim to get into the room to hear his voice and to stay there knowing that when he does speak, it just takes us some time to understand what he is saying. Focus number two. Focus on what the Holy Spirit says when he speaks focus on what the holy spirit says when he speaks have you ever heard people say i felt god said this or that to me i felt god speaking this word to me and they share it with you and i i mean i have heard it plenty of times and i've even said it myself multiple times from this stage how do we know that it is god and not our own misguided feelings or desires it could be very dangerous could be very dangerous saying these things. I mean, I've said some stupid things in my life. Thank you. <laughs> I remember trying to convince a mentor of mine when I was about 15 or 16 that God had told me it was okay to be going out with this non-Christian girl. Boy, I can't believe I'm saying this in front of my son. But uh, <laughs> I can remember him drinking his cup of tea at the time and almost spitting it out. Because he knew the words of scripture in 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common or what can fellowship ha- what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? You know, I knew that scripture too. I knew that scripture, but I was so convinced by the warm and fuzzy feelings I was having because... I didn't feel very warm and fuzzy. That uh, I was so convinced by those feelings that I wanted to justify it in any way I could. I just wanted to make Let me just tighten something for you. This is exciting. Hello. I think it's good now. I think it's good. Just take this up here. Well, the end of the story was that it didn't last, that relationship didn't last very long. I thought you might want to know that. (laughs) Thank God. And finally, I found my wife, and this year we've been married almost 20 years. (laughs) Praise God. And I heard of another Christian guy, a friend of a friend, who told his wife that God had told him that she was to have a certain cosmetic surgery to make herself more beautiful and that it would improve their marriage. And it was later discovered, a short time after, that he was having an affair at the same time. Had God told him that was okay? Can I be clear? God wants us to have this kind of conversation with him where he speaks and we listen and you speak and he listens and you get to know each other and you can tell the difference when it's when it's him and when it's your desire but seriously how do we know that it's God speaking and not us we can try and justify anything in the name of serving our own needs But Jesus said in John 16, 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. That goes back to the thing I was saying about before. We need time to understand what God is saying to us. But when he, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, that's he will glorify Jesus in everything he speaks. Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Holy Spirit Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit only speaks what he hears from the Father. And we have God's word in our hands. We have God's word in our hands that instructs us what's on his heart his purposes and what's in the kingdom what the kingdom of God is like so we've got to study this word we've got to study the word hebrews 5:14 says but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil this solid food is the word of god We need to press into it, consume it, read it, understand it so that we can distinguish good from evil. We can know when it's the voice of God and when it's not. You know they say that if you want to spot counterfeit money or the people that do that kind of work, they don't study the fakes. They don't study the fake money. You study the real thing over and over and over and over again. So you are so familiar with what is real that the counterfeit stands out in a second. You know, the same guy I referred to before, he told me that his wife also had this amazing spiritual maturity and could see things in the spirit. And he was almost proud when he said to me, and she doesn't even read her Bible. God just reveals stuff to her. Alarm bells, ding, 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 ding. ding. God just reveals stuff to her. No. Yeah, God might be speaking to her, but if we have not got it within the guardrails of what the scripture says, we are likely, highly likely, to go off the rails and try and justify anything that he might want to say for our purposes. Now I've told you some extreme stories I guess today and I know no one here would ever be like that but we all have a tendency to put something other than God on the throne of our lives. Yes? We have that tendency and we try and justify it often in spiritual terms just to get what our flesh heart desires. We know in Psalm 37, verse 4. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the the desires of your heart. How smart is this? Just looking over here at where the youth are sitting because, like, I don't know, this, this morning, it just really heavy on my heart that the youth um, need to hear this in, in a deep way, this scripture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of his heart. Take delight in him, enjoy him, get to know him, study him and his ways. If you delight, you will taste and you will see that the Lord is good and that you can trust him with everything. Trust him with then it says you will get the desires of your heart. Awesome. You know, it feels like I'll get what I want in the end. So it's all good. All good. But God knows when you delight in Him, when you dwell on His Word, when you make what brings Him joy to be your joy, then you'll be changed to be like Him and your desires will be in line with his. Amen. I really feel like this scripture today is going to speak to a lot of people. Take delight in enjoy him in this conversation that we're having with him take delight enjoy him spend that time and your desires you'll get to know him more and more and your desires will become like his and you will enjoy him and he will give then give you the desires your heart and you because they'll be made to be like his desires enjoy him now just a warning on on study and obedience you know, I've often said that I believe that we, have, uh, as Christians, are overeducated and underobedient. This means that we know a lot, but we don't obey what we know. So, how how about we go and kind of get this ratio kind of a bit more even? Obey what you know. Ecclesiastes twelve. Verse 12 says, Of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. You know, we don't discover God through analysis. We discover God through surrender. There is nothing wrong with gaining understanding. We're encouraged to seek wisdom and understanding. But the problem is when we only obey God from what we understand, that kind of finite understanding that we can have in our mind, then we have a God that looks a lot like us. And he's our size. But what God is looking for is a people that are yielded to him. Yielded. Who say yes to God before he even says a word do we want to say yes to God this morning yes say yes God before you've even said a word I just want to be in your presence I want to follow you I want your heart to be what's on my heart focus number three focus on being open handed with how the Holy Spirit leads you open handed I would just love to encourage you uh, to be really open-handed with how the Holy Spirit leads you as he ministers to and through you. You know, some of you last weekend uh, felt joy that you've never felt before. Some knew an undeniable love. Others still were deeply convicted of sin, but they didn't feel condemned. Convicted, but not condemned. This is how the Holy Spirit often meets with us in a larger setting or, or even on our bed at home in a quiet place. It is joyous and it is precious and you know without a shadow of a doubt it is Him. But what about when it goes a little bit beyond that? What about when you feel a little, little bit light on your feet when you're being prayed for or you're in your private worship, you're uttering words that you don't understand and they start welling up with you in you and outside of your mouth and we talked about this last week, as the gift of tongues. Or perhaps there's some kind of physical manifestation. Maybe God gives you a picture in worship and you really want to share it but it sounds so crazy but and what if it's not God? What to do in these, uh, these occasions as the Holy Spirit is, is perhaps taking you on a journey closer to his heart you know in so many occasions it is our tendency to repress to push it down to turn it off to ignore because we need to be 100% rational i love what paul says to the church in in 1st thessalonians chapter 5 in in his final remarks in the book, which is, you know, really the summary of his summary of his letter, he says, "Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." Do not quench the Spirit or stifle the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil how clear it is here for the priorities for Paul. Rejoice and be thankful. Pray continually for this is God's will for you and don't quench or stifle the work and the communication of the Spirit because Paul knows that this is the lifeblood of our relationship with God, the lifeblood, the work of the Spirit in and through us. But so often in our fear of being the odd one out or not being, t- or, or of being too weird or, or, or of being overly spiritual, we inadvertently, without realising it, we stop the work of the, that the Spirit wants to do. And I, don't know, I know this might cause some trouble, but can I encourage you to err on the side of being a fool for God rather than fear man and allow the Holy Spirit to... You know, I already can feel some people looking back, some stern looks coming back at me and saying, but what if it gets out of control? What if it gets out of control? What if the flesh gets in the way and it becomes about man and not about God? Well, I would say to that, if we know our Bible, there is plenty of safeguards and advice for propriety in worship that needs to be adhered to. You know, many a work of God has been stopped in this church and churches all around the world, world out of fear. But of course, we've got to have good judgment. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up everything must be done so that the church may be built up and that's our question that's our question as we approach what the holy spirit might want to do in us is this building up the church is this edifying the church is this helpful paul says in chapter 14 uh, he says i thank god i speak in tongues more than all of you But in the church, I would rather speak in five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 in a tongue. So we keep tongues for our personal worship time. As it is with prophecy, Paul is really keen for us to speak words of prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, uh, don't treat it with contempt, embrace it, but test it. Test these words. Run it by leadership or other mature Christians and be accountable to them. And I can tell you that there is a dear uh, man of God in this in this uh, in this church that who moves in the gifts of prophecy and words of knowledge, and he submits those words most weeks to us as a leadership, that we may share them, we may agree with that, and we may share them, because he's aware that he needs to submit these things to leadership so that we are keeping within the guardrails but we don't want to stifle we don't want to quench we don't want to push down now I know I haven't given a detailed message about the gifts of the spirit today but perhaps that's for another time but in line with Paul's encouragement in 1 Corinthians 14 follow the way of love eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit especially prophecy seek the gifts of the spirit Don't quench what the Spirit wants to do to edify yourself and the body. Don't quench it out of fear. But let's see that everything is used to build up the church and not tear it down. Amen? Amen. Now I just want to spend a little bit of time. I want to go into a place where we are just going to, it's related to I guess the first point that I had the first focus focusing on getting into the room to meet with God and I just note this is what I really felt very strongly over the last few weeks, that there is many of us who are not sure how to meet with God And the first step might be where to start with this prayerful conversation. And the first question we might have is where is God even to be found? So I want to go through an exercise and then we'll go into some worship and then we'll have a time when you can come forward for prayer and we would love you to come forward. We're going to go into an exercise which is just asking God, where are you in the I'm going to ask you to close your eyes in a moment imagine a room perhaps with a chair in the middle I'm going to ask you to God to show you where he is in the room in relation to you. You're sitting on the chair in the middle ask God to show you where he is in the room in relationship to you No, I did this exercise myself yesterday and just spent some time just waiting on the Lord. And uh, it took a bit of time. And maybe we don't have enough time today. It took a bit of time. But as I waited there and I just focused on him and asked him to show me, where is he in the room? just so that I can start to get to know him more and find out what are the hindrances. And what he revealed to me was I was, I just got this picture of him being really close. And often we kind of superimpose what our relationship with our family is like and particularly our father and you know, I just had this image of him being really close and, and just a warm embrace because I've just got a just a beautiful relationship with my with my father. I'm so thankful for that. And I, he was it's like a warm embrace. But it wasn't as close as I would have hoped then what I realized is that I was standing there and I was holding a box. I was holding a box and it was in in between God the Father and me and he was just hugging me. And I was still holding this box. And it's impossible to really give somebody a nice, warm embrace when you've got to kind of be out from them and this box was in between me and God and I was still holding on to it and at some points I could kind of wedge it in there and kind of hold on to the Lord and and just warm and and just hug him but I still hadn't let go of the box it was just wedged in there and then I started to think you know what's in the box you know what's in the box well there's a whole bunch of Idols, there's a whole bunch of things that, that I hold on to dearly. I know one of the things that the Lord has been labelling in me is just my, my desire for, for affirmation beyond what is needed. And that's inside the box. And I don't want to let it go. I don't want to let it go. And so that became my starting point for worship and submission and laying things down putting it down at the foot of the cross and saying God I just got to lay these things down and over the time we will get understand I will get understanding of what else is in the box and what I need to lay down the idols that I put on the throne instead of him but that's the way that I saw God so I'm going to ask you now to close your eyes and imagine a room with a chair in the middle that you're sitting on And I want you to ask God to show you where he is in the room in relationship to you. Keeping in mind that we so often project onto God the way that we have received love and authority from our earthly family, particularly our fathers and maybe other relationships. God may feel quite distant from you or even outside the room need to forgive your earthly family for being distant to you. Maybe God is behind you and you can't hear his true thoughts towards you. Then maybe you need to forgive your father for being present but not emotionally connecting to you. And after you explore whatever it is with God and wherever he is in the room, And ask God for forgiveness for believing that he would be like that. That he wants to embrace you. But maybe that's a starting point for you to enter into this prayerful conversation. Maybe that's a starting point for you to be able to lay some things down so that you can meet him as he seeks to meet you. Let's take some time. So for many of you, this may have been a difficult thing to do because you're just trying to understand where he is in the room and he's not as close as you know he could be. And you may need to take more time on your knees at home seeking him and asking him, what are those things that are standing between you and he? Is it your understanding of what your earthly family was like and you've imposed that on God? Perhaps you need prayer ministry for that. Maybe you need to share that with a good Christian friend or come up the front and and lay it down and pray. Or maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus as your your Lord and Saviour yet. And so he's not even in the room what is this thing we're talking about but you know that there is a stirring in your heart today that he's drawing you closer to himself and you want to confess your sin and say that I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour and he died on the cross for me and he rose again I want to give my life over to him Maybe that's the step that you need to make. Whatever it is, Church of God here at Clayton Church of Christ, it is about a daily entering into the room to meet with God, to seek His infilling, to to integrate and, and, and commune with Him at such a level where He can speak to you, you understand the Word of God in your life, you understand that where, where he is speaking and when it is not. You can interpret good and evil. And you can rise up as an infilled, fully alive child of God. Filled with the Spirit. Ready to represent Jesus to everyone, everywhere, with everything, every day of your life. We thank you, Lord, that you want to meet us like this. Thank you. We thank you that you want to speak. Lord, we want to go on this journey more and more.